Welcome to the Being a Dad on Purpose podcast with your host, Bobby Benavides, and I am here uh, with Jim Uren, um, who is a financial advisor with Phase 3 Advisory Services and Royal Alliance Associates, here to talk about, um, well, finances, but we are going to focus today on savings for our children. Uh, Jim, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Bobby. Looking forward to our discussion. Yeah, man. Always good to have you. It's been a been a while and um so it's good to be back at it with all the different transitions you you moved i moved yeah. a whole lot of stuff so <laughs> but it's good to it's good to be back together so absolutely um, you know you know so we we're going to dive into this conversation um uh, not take too long but at the same time want to kind of talk about the idea of um of what does it look like to be saving for our children um mm-hmm. in today's economic climate you know we're watching uh, all the terms, all the buzzwords of recession and, um, you know, the stock markets dropping and, and all that stuff, people are kind of in that panic mode of like, okay, what do we do now? And I have some dads who are asked like, okay, so in this current economic climate, I want to save for my children's future, but I also want to make sure that I'm saving correctly. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm doing the things that are the, the biggest quote unquote bang for my buck, right? What do sure. I, what do I do? And so Let's talk about that. What are some what are some things that we could be talking about with dads around this topic? Sure. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a variety of ways to go with that, Bobby. Um, the first really is for someone to figure out how much they want to save and what the what the goal is that they're saving. So, for example, if it's college, which is uh, probably the most common financial goal that uh, parents have when saving for their children. Um, you've got to consider a number of things, one of which is how far away is that? So how we would uh, encourage you to invest a, uh, an, an investment portfolio for a one-year-old who's got a long way to go to college would be very different than a 14-year-old who's only got a few years. And so typically, the closer we are to college, the less risk that we want to take because you could invest in stocks and you can have a negative return in a 10-year period. It's unusual, but it does happen. Uh, and so we need to be very careful to make sure that uh, our our savings approach aligns with kind of the timing of our goal, because that's really that's really important. Yeah. Okay, so um, when we are thinking, I guess again for your approach and your your goal setting and like where you want to achieve. So then, now what what kind of planning should you be making in regards to like I guess percentage wise, right? So, because again, the economy is struggling, everything's going, going down for some people. So then what do they do in regards to like planning percentage wise? Because I, I, like, for instance, I have one dad who's talked about, um, look, I was taking at one point, I was taking 20% of my income and I was putting it into a, a 529, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's a, that's a significant number. But then he's like, but now I don't know if I should be doing that. And again, it's like, is a 529 worth it? You know, and I'm like, well, I don't know. And I said, but I have the right guy to ask. <laughs> um, so, fi- so, so when it comes to these kind of um, savings plans and saving, um, I guess, ideas, like what, what routes are, are, are viable, I guess you'd say. Yeah. So there's a few options to go. Um, to answer your first question in regards to how much to save, it's, that's a very personal uh, decision and it will really be Uh, impacted by a number of things. For example, how much money that you have set aside for an emergency, how on track are you for retirement? Um, You know, so there may be situations where you really can't afford to set aside anything for your children. And there may be situations that I've run into them where you're setting aside too much um, based on your scenario. So that's, you really have to make that decision. It's not in a vacuum, but really within the context of your overall financial situation. 
uh, usually an advisor is probably the best resource for, for that to help you kind of think through all those issues. As far as the accounts uh, options, there are, in a sense, unlimited ways to invest anything. But let's talk about the three most popular. I want to start first with basically just a regular old account. I often call it just a mom and dad account. Uh, technically, we would often call it a, a joint account if it's both a, uh, both a husband and wife. Or it might be an individual account if it's just one, uh, one parent. And the advantage of that type of account where you're saving in your own name, in other words, it's your name on the account, it's your social security number uh, on the account, is that you have absolutely no restrictions. That money can, you can put as much money as you want in that account. You can spend it however you want on whoever you want. There are no restrictions. And so from a default standpoint, that is, uh, I want to say the best account, but there's some caveats to that. The downside of that account is it doesn't really provide uh, as much tax savings as one might require. So if you're in a fairly higher tax bracket, then that may not be the best way to go. But if you're in a relatively low to zero bracket, that may be a great way to go because, you know, why give up some freedom for a benefit that you don't, you don't need? Uh, so that's the real advantage of the, what I'll call the mom or dad or mom and dad account is you've got tons of flexibility. Your other option, which is the second most popular would probably be your 529 plan. Uh, the 529 plans are kind of unusual in that they're, um, they're, um, authorized by the federal government, but each state has to create their own plan. And most states, uh, have a plan and a lot of states have two types of plans. There are the savings plans, 529 savings plans, and the 529 prepaid plans. Typically, we are talking about savings plans when we talk about 529s. Those are accounts where you're basically setting aside a certain dollar amount, and it's being invested however you see fit within the options they give you. And what you'll get out of it will be determined by how much that, how well that investment does over the time frame. The prepaid plans that are offered by some states are where you basically, you, you buy a semester of tuition. And so you might buy that now when your child's three and you're guaranteed to have that semester paid for, you know, when they go off to college, regardless of how much that, you know, that cost has gone up. Um, the disadvantage of the prepaid plans is that they can be more restrictive. A lot of times you, you're required to go to the state in which you invest in that 529 plan. Uh, and if not, there's always a way to get some money out of it, but it won't necessarily guarantee that it'll cover your actual college cost. One of the other big disadvantages of that is it will really hurt your financial aid eligibility. So if you're a family where you might be getting need-based financial aid, that is usually not a great way to go. Now, the 529 savings plans, you can invest in the 529 plan in your own state, you can invest in another state, and you can go to college in a third state. So you, those don't have to coordinate. But the reason you want, you want to start off looking at your own state's 529 savings plan is because a lot of states will give you a state income tax deduction for using their plan. So example, in the state of Illinois, where I live, uh, our state income tax is about 5%. So if I set aside $100 in that account, for my child, I've just saved $5 in state of Illinois taxes that I don't have to pay, where if I had done that, let's say in you know, Wisconsin, 
uh, I'd still set the side at $100, but I wouldn't get a, a $5 tax savings on my tax return. So the 529 can be good. And the 529 savings plan is actually pretty decent in terms of financial aid. So that's treated fairly favorably, as is the uh, mom and dad account. Those are treated more favorably because they're considered an asset of the parent. And any asset that the parent has is going to be treated better than an asset of the child. And what do I mean by that? Well, that brings us to the third account. So in the third type of account, it is technically called what's often called a, uh, a UTMA account, a uniform, uniform transfer to minors account. Uh, it's basically a law that just says instead of, you know, paying attorneys to set up a real expensive trust, you can just check a box on the form and now you have an account where that child is now the owner of those funds. So if you put $100 into this account, it's no longer your money, it's your child's money. And they have legal right to it going forward. So you can obviously take the money out of the account, but you have to do so to spend it for their benefit. And so once you go in there, you're restricted on uh, who you spend it on. You have to spend it on that child. You could use it for college, but you could use it for something else. Uh, money saved in the name of the child is treated much less favorably for financial aid. So for example, if there's $100 in the account, they, they might assume that you should be able to use $35 of that to cover college costs. Whereas if it's in mom and dad's account, they might not expect you to use any of that, or they might expect up to, uh, let's say, 6%. So they each have pros and cons in terms of you want to look at the financial aid implications, you want to look at the tax implications, and you want to look at what the spending restrictions might be. Is it just limited to college, like in a 529 plan? Uh, but I can use it theoretically on a variety of children uh, because I can change the beneficiary. Or I could put it in a UTMA account where I am now committed to use it for a particular child, but now I can use it for college or any other expenses. And of course, back to the first one, uh, the mom and dad account or joint account or individual account, uh, there's no restrictions on that account. So, so uh, mm -hmm. that's kind of a long explanation of a lot of options, but those are the three most common that I think folks would benefit by looking into and seeing what may be the best fit in their situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are great. I think um, I didn't know that about the prepaid plans like that. It's uh, that I could actually, hurt you in, in the financial aid aspect of things. I didn't, I didn't realize that. And then also to know too, like that it's kind of designated for that state, you know, like you have to use it. That, that's interesting. Um, but now with the, let's, let's talk about the 529 plans, right? Sure. So with the 529, you said that they're federally, um, they're federally regulated. They're federally authorized under the tax authorized. code. Yep. Okay. So now does every state have their own rules? like to what the 529 does or, or is it kind of across the board, every state kind of says like, this is what a 529 is supposed to be used for? There, some of the rules are determined by the state, but the overall mm -hmm. framework is determined by the IRS code. So it's, it's similar. The thing that they all have in common is once you put money into the 529, once the money's in there, taxes are deferred. So in other words, if you get dividends on that investment or you know it goes up in value, you do not owe any tax on that. Then if your child uses it as intended, you pull that money out for college, you will not have to pay any tax on any of the gains you had on that. So it's a way basically to keep 100% of all your returns that you get on that investment without having to send any of that 
to the IRS. And of course, there are lots of different limitations and it can be affected by your state and your tax bracket. So you want to investigate in your situation. But that's really the big perk of the 529. There's a good tax savings element of it, particularly the younger you start saving for your child, because if you're investing for a one-year-old, you've got a lot of years where you, you know, hopefully are going to see that account grow. And it'd be nice to be able to keep all of those gains for your student's college bill than it would be to send some of that to the IRS. So now now let's talk about the different age then, because you just said like, if you're saving it for a one-year-old, that's, I mean, you can put it into 529 and that's good. But like, let's say you have where you just came into a position. Now you have a 13 year old, 14 year old, you only have about four more years and they're going to be done with school. So now what, what would be the best or the most ideal situation um, or account to probably aim for, Um, you know, and again, it might be again, situation based. I I get that. But like, if you were to say, all right, so you have four years left, you want to get something that's going to be bang for your buck. What would it be? Which, which direction should we look into? Yeah, so uh, four years, um, what I would take a look at is, again, what the tax situation. So the first thing I would look at is, is find out in your state, is there a tax benefit on a contribution to the 529 plan like there is in Illinois and a lot of other states? If that's the case, that might be a way to go because uh, with four years out from college, you really shouldn't be investing much in stocks at all. You're going to have to stick with bonds. You're not going to get a great return. But like in Illinois, if I know I get a $5 return on my first $100 contribution, that's something that I can't necessarily get by investing in other avenues. So I would look into that. Uh, in terms of investments, that close out, you're going to want to be very uh, conservative. And the other option is most of these 529 plans often age-based investment options. So you can basically say, uh, you know, I'm investing it, you know, for a child who's nine or 13, what have you. Uh, And then they will basically slowly reduce the risk of those investments as the child approaches those college years. Um, So you still want to look at those closely because some states still may be more aggressive than others. Um, but that's often not a bad way to go if you really are not uh, working with someone uh, and you just want to kind of a good glide path that you don't have to really think about making changes on a regular basis. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think as um, you know, a, a lot of, again, a lot of dads I speak with, um, you know, there, there's some who are with the babies and like, okay, cool. Now I have, what should I be looking at? And I'm like, and I've always kind of pointed them to the 529 kind of saying like, look, that's like probably the best option just because long-term wise. Um, but in regards to, I've had some dads who said like, man, I've never even thought about investing. I have a 12 year old now. Like, I don't yeah. like, is it, is it even worth it? And, and so, you know, it's always worth putting something in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but just realizing that you may not get the, the amount that you're hoping for because you, you haven't been, um, right. So then, um, I guess then too, so when we look at the current economic climate, right. Yeah. Um, and I know that projections are always hard to make, right. And it's yeah. always difficult because you never know with, with the things fluctuating up and down. Um, when we look at the options that are available, right, mm-hmm. the top, the top three, right. So you sure. have the, the mom and dad account, you think mm-hmm. of interest, interest rates, 529 interest rates, mm-hmm. and then, uh, the UTMA, you said that does, I'm, I'm assuming that it, that it accumulates interest as well. Yeah. Or is that just based off of how much you put in there? So it's going to be, well, it's going to be based on how much you put in there and how it's invested. So 
Uh, in a UTMA or the joint or mom and dad account, as I call it, you can invest in anything. So you could you could put money in that account and you could do that at a bank and it just sits in a checking account and will earn very little. Or you can invest it in pretty high risk, you know, investments that, you know, that could fluctuate tremendously. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's basically a wrapper, you know, so you first you decide from a tax standpoint, what makes the most sense. Then your second decision is, okay, how do I invest it? Now, the 529 plans have a list of predetermined investments, not unlike what you probably have if you have a retirement plan at work where they say, hey, you know, here's the, here's the 10 or 20 or 30, you know, mutual funds in which you can choose from. Uh, and within that list, there's generally things that are much, you know, quite conservative and things that are quite aggressive. And so those are two separate decisions in terms of first you got to decide where I'm going to put the money. And the other decision is, okay, once it's there, how aggressive am I going to get with those funds? Okay. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, I mean, you know, the, the options that are available, I mean, I'm glad that there's more than one option, right? Um, because that's, that's always important. But I think like, as you pointed out, um, if you're later in the game, stocks are probably not the best option to be trying to invest in because it's just so volatile. You don't know. Um, but for long-term 529s, stocks, pretty decent idea. I mean, you just gotta be wise about what you put your invested money in. Right. Um, overall, and I think you would agree with this. And what I'm going to say to dads right now is look, invest what you can, right? Mm -hmm. Don't. And if you, and if you can't, don't beat yourself up, but at the same time, if you can, even if it's just a little bit at a time, take some time to put some money away because at the end of the day to leave something for your, for your child to be able to use for future endeavors, whether it's college trade school, or even mm -hmm. just saying, Hey, they want to start their own business, right? Yeah. Um, it's going to help them. And so um, now let me ask you that because yeah. When it comes to kids saying, hey, you know what? I don't want to go to college, okay? Mm -hmm. um, so I want to go to trade school. Or you know what? I don't want to do that, but I want to be able to, you know, and, and we never know what they're going to decide, right? That's right, the thing. Right. That's, the, that's a great thing about kids. We have yeah. no idea what they're going to do. Um, so I guess in a way, when let's say at the age of 16, 17, when mm -hmm. your kid's about to graduate high school and they come yeah. to you and say, you know what? I don't want to go to college. And so you have money in a 529. Mm -hmm. And you only have, let's say you only have one child or you have, yeah, you know, yeah. um, what, what, what are your options then? Yeah. So in a situation like that, you can always take the money back out of the 529. So if they don't go to, they don't go to college, uh, you can pull that back. Now you won't get a lot of the tax benefits. So if you, any, any increase on that money, you're going to pay tax on. Okay. And you're also going to pay a 10% penalty on whatever that gain was as well, since it wasn't used as intended. However, your other options in that situation are even though you might only have one child, that money could still be used. You can change the beneficiary of the account because right now it's it's your child's, but it could end up becoming uh, pretty much any family member. So it could be, you could use it for a niece, a nephew, yourself, a grandchild. So you have some other options to hold on to that. Um, the other thing that can happen is you could invest in the money and your kid gets a full ride scholarship and doesn't need any of that money. In that case, similarly, you can just pull that money out, but they will waive the penalty because they recognize it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't anything malicious you did, but you still would have to pay tax on the, on the increase. Uh, but the third thing you should keep in mind is the 529s can work for things other than just college. So there's a lot of trade schools and things like that that still would be considered uh, an, 
an eligible education expense. And so you can kind of look that up ahead of time and see what that might uh, what that might be. Now, this is where the UTMA has some advantages because in, what, in that scenario, uh, obviously there's no restrictions. So if your child doesn't go to college or they get that full ride, you know, you can say, hey, you got a full ride. We're going to use that money. We're going to you know, buy you a car, you know, et cetera. So, so it kind of each one has a little bit better flexibility in certain areas than the other. So in a way, it's almost like if you can, I mean, granted right now, people be like, there's no way, no possible way, but if you could invest in two different, op- you know, invest in two different ways or even three different ways, it's a, then you have some flexibility um, because then it's like, if the child does say, Hey, you know what? I don't want to go. Well then, okay, great. Well then maybe we'll keep the 529. You know, I'll ask this next question in a second, but we can keep the 529, but we have some UTMA. We have about like, I don't know, $1,500 in UTMA. Mm-hmm. We'll pull that out and let you use it for whatever you need to. And then there's no, there's no penalties in that way, but for a 529. So mm-hmm. you said we could, you could, you could change the beneficiary. That's mm-hmm. awesome. But let's say um, you're like your child turns 18. Let's say you don't have anybody else you want to pass it on to. Right. Uh-huh. Do you like, how long can it sit in there? Is there, are there rules on that? Are there regulations on that? I mean, yeah, there are. And I, I think it's, um, and I don't remember off the top of my head, but it can sit okay. in there for a while. But even uh, even the way around that would be, you could still name, let's say a niece or nephew as a beneficiary, even if you don't ever send the money their way. Okay. And then you could just change it. So there's there's some ways around that uh, if yeah. you needed to, to go that route. Yeah. Okay. That's great. I mean, this is, I mean, that's great information. I mean, I'm obviously my, you know, we have my, my children, my wife and I have our 529s and we have our savings accounts and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But at the same time, like to know kind of some, some options and some thinking through, cause sometimes, I mean, my, I mean, my kid's nine years old and he's like, I want to be a professional wrestler. It's like, okay. So he's, you know, now granted, I, I doubt that's going to be his goal when he's, <laughs> you know, when he's 12. Um, I mean, he might be, I don't know, but sure, he, may, yeah. he, he may still go on to be like a veterinarian wrestler. I don't know, but yeah, um, yeah. you know, he loves animals so much too. So it's like, I don't know, maybe he'll wrestle animals. I don't know, there but, you you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just kind of like thinking through like, okay, so what are some options I could be weighing out? You know, my, my youngest kids, they, they don't know what they want yet. So yep. but at the same time, it's just thinking through the the potential and, um, and I think this is gonna be great. This is great information for dads who are saying, okay, what are some avenues to take? Especially if we don't, you know, we don't know where our kids want to go. We don't know what they're going to end up doing. And, you know, when they're older, they start kind of making decisions for themselves. We got to be prepared. We got to know. And so if there's, if there's ways for us to be prepared in different directions, awesome. So. Absolutely. Jim, as always, man, I appreciate your, your wisdom and your insight to this stuff. And I think it's a, it's great. And if there's dads that are listening and they, and they want to contact you, yeah. I mean, can they do that? Is there a way for them to contact you? Certainly. Certainly. Probably the easiest way for them to do would be to go to my firm's website, which is phase three, the number three advisory, A-D-V-I-S-O-R-Y.com. And you sh- you'll have a spot on there where it's uh, easy to uh, shoot me an email or call the office and I'd be happy to chat with you. Awesome. Cause I know that there's, you know, Sometimes they'll ask me questions. I'm like, I'm not, I don't, I don't know, but uh, I can point them. I can point them your direction and, and hopefully they can get some insight from you. So again, yeah. Jim, Jim, you're in from a uh, phase three advisory services and Royal Alliance associates. Thank you for your time. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you, Bobby. And, um, to all, yeah. And to all you dads out there again, um, you know, look, saving money, it's important. Put it away if you can. 
Um, but this doesn't make you a bad dad if you're not able to. So don't feel like you're not succeeding. Don't feel like you're not doing a good job. It's just here are some options for you to consider. Because again, I'm being a dad on purpose. We're here to encourage and empower dads. We're here to let you know you're not going to be the best dad in the world. It's not possible. But we want to help you be the best dad you can be for your kid right now. So with that, we're going to end the show. Enjoy your day.